We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the Dallas Cowboys are temporarily in trouble at quarterback, and one former player turned ESPN analyst thinks Tyler Huntley could be the answer. We'll take a look at whether this scenario would even make sense for the Ravens, given last week's news regarding Lamar Jackson's contract negotiation. I'm Bobby Trossett with Sarah Ellison. It's Wednesday, September 14th, and this is your morning Ravens Vault. The Ravens are using their tight ends more and more as receiving weapons. And new data shows that Baltimore is leading the NFL and how often they're flexed out wide. Plus, we have two key dates for you to circle on your fall calendar, including one that will induct an all-time Raven into the team's coveted ring of honor. We have all of that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, which is now on YouTube, where you get the most important Ravens news in just 15 minutes. So we're one week into the NFL season and the Dallas Cowboys are already in quite a predicament, Bobby. Yeah, I'd say so, Sarah. Their quarterback, Dak Prescott, had to undergo surgery for a fractured right thumb on Monday, which required a plate be inserted in order to stabilize the joint. His initial recovery timeline was listed as six to eight weeks, But team owner Jerry Jones went on local radio Tuesday and made it clear they are not placing Prescott on injured reserve and that he has a chance to return within the next four games. Jones also made it sound like they're not looking for a trade, but then again, he wouldn't broadcast that if they were anyway. Yeah, and while I'm not a doctor, Bobby, that definitely seems like an aggressive timeline. But how does this news tie into the Ravens? So, Sarah, as you know, the Ravens have a very capable backup quarterback. And based on how he played when Lamar Jackson was down last year, combined with the numbers he put up in preseason this summer, well, he has people talking. The Cowboys season is over unless they go trade for Baltimore's Tyler Huntley. I like him. I really like him. You have to at least go make the call. Your point, Irv, of the schedule is fair. It's not an incredibly daunting schedule. But here's my point. We are going to find out very quickly what Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones think of their football team. Because if they do not go or at least legitimately try to go make a move, they're telling us 
We don't think we're any good either. Yeah, that's ESPN's Dan Orlovsky there. How about Stephen A. Smith? He said not so fast. They ain't getting Huntley. And the reason you ain't getting Huntley is because that's the insurance policy. You'd have a better case right. if they had signed Lamar Jackson. They had reached an accord last week. The fact that they didn't reach an accord, obviously, you got you to gotta have that insurance right. policy. There's no Not just because in case Lamar Jackson gets hurt, which he has, has done a couple of times in his career, but also because, again, you never know what kind of friction could ultimately develop. Now, he ain't going anywhere. You know he's got to play. They can franchise him more. He's under contract for $23 million this year. But in the end, they're not letting go of Huntley, even though, shoot, I wanted right. the Steelers to get him. I wanted him more than I wanted Jabitsky. So, Sarah, before we go any further here, just to be super clear, Lamar Jackson has only once missed extended time due to injury throughout his career to date. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, thank you for clarifying that. That is obviously need to be known as some people like to push this narrative that he's injured often. But Bobby, where do you stand on this topic of a potential trade for Huntley? Sarah, I'm with Stephen A. Barring some kind of ridiculous package with multiple high draft picks offered, I don't see Eric DaCosta and the Ravens front office dealing Huntley given the uncertainty of Jackson's long-term future with the organization. And while we obviously hope that Jackson's ankle injury was indeed an outlier down the stretch last season, if something were to sideline him again, the Ravens can at the very least feel confident that Huntley is more than capable of competing and leading this offense when called upon. Yeah, that's true. But in my mind, a potential trade would hinge on how the Ravens feel about Anthony Brown, who's currently on the practice squad, he had a good summer too. And if they're confident that he can give something even similar to Huntley and the Cowboys were to offer, say, a second rounder, to me, that's something I think EDC would think long and hard about, seeing as Huntley is a restricted free agent come March anyway. And still to come here on The Vault, we're going inside the numbers on how the Ravens utilize their tight ends. Stay tuned. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
So it's well documented that the Ravens want to have an efficient pass game to complement a dominant ground attack. And Sarah, we only have one game in the books. We know this. But do we have an idea of how the Ravens will look to accomplish that goal in 2022 through one week of football? Yeah, I think that we're starting to get a peek into their passing game plan. Now, obviously, it starts with the offensive line and quarterback. Every team strives to bolster those positions, and so does Baltimore. But in terms of pass-catching weapons, that's where the Ravens differ from the rest of the league. This year, they've continued their trend of paying very little to veteran receivers. In fact, they rank dead last among NFL teams in salary cap spending at that position. So instead, Baltimore is betting on two strategies that are considerably cheaper. Number one, young drafted receivers. And number two, and this part is key, Bobby, using their tight ends as receivers at a rate that is much higher than the rest of the NFL. Okay, so we saw elements of this strategy play out against the Jets on Sunday, right? New York was clearly committed to stopping the run, almost daring Baltimore to pass. So Lamar Jackson did, and he inflicted damage, especially with the deep ball to Devin Duvernay and Rashad Bateman. Jackson looking deep for Duvernay, and he makes the adjustment and the catch. Touchdown, Baltimore! Lamar into the end zone, wide open, touchdown! Duvernay with his second of the game. Two receiving touchdowns all of last year, and he has two today. Lamar winding up, going deep for Bateman, he's got him! Touchdown! Third touchdown today for Lamar Jackson, and that was a strike from deep, 55 yards. So those touchdowns by these drafted receivers were the more obvious part of the Ravens' strategy coming to fruition. But the other part of their strategy went a little bit under the radar, Bobby, and that has to do with how often they use tight ends as receivers. So CBS fantasy football writer Jacob Gibbs, he created a list of all NFL tight ends with the highest percentage of snaps not lined up at the actual tight end position in week one. I'll give you the top five, okay? There was number one, Darren Waller, who, by the way, was drafted by the Ravens, as we all know. He was number one at 81%. Number two, Mark Andrews. He was not lined up as a tight end 80% of the time. Then number three, Isaiah Likely tied with Zach Ertz. Both those guys, almost 80% of the time, not lined up as a tight end. And then finally, at number five, 73%, Robert Tanyan. Okay, so after those top five, Bobby, the rest of the league's tight ends dropped down to the 60s and below. So not only did the Ravens use one tight end as one of the league's top route runners, but they used two tight ends among the league's top route runners. And by the way, drafted the top one. So just to put that in perspective, likely ran the same number of routes as Devin DuVernay in week one. Yeah, that's really interesting, Sarah. I appreciate you spelling that out. I mean, it definitely seemed like Greg Roman was intentional about getting likely on the field for passing plays specifically. And look, the rookie didn't have a great day by going catchless on four targets. We covered that extensively in our postgame podcast on Sunday, but it was his first time out there in regular season action. And you'd like to think from here on out, He'll only get better. Yeah, I think for sure he'll get better. But Bobby, just the presence of the two tight ends as receivers 
had a big impact in that game. I went back and I watched the tape, and those two Duvernay touchdowns, either both Andrews and Likely were out there as receivers, or at least one was. And I can tell you, the safeties were definitely preoccupied with them. And that gave Duvernay the one-on-one matchup to get those touchdowns. So in the end, using tight ends as receivers, of course, is not a new concept in the NFL. But the rate at which Baltimore is doing it with multiple tight ends is new. And Gibbs sees evidence of the league starting to follow suit. Here's what Gibbs wrote. He said, quote, I believe the value in this data comes in the fact that teams are being intentional about getting these tight ends involved as route runners. Their teams view them as receiving weapons and believe that there is value in finding creative ways to get that facet of their game more involved. And for some tight ends, the mismatches their teams can create for them on the perimeter slash in the slot are reflected in their scoring on those routes. Sarah, all of this reminds me of what John Harbaugh said during Monday's press conference. Even when the Ravens don't have three wide receiver formations like so many other teams have, he still has his receiving tight ends flexed out in the slot. Listen to this. Those guys are going to be on the field as much as we can put them out there because they're also receivers. You know, they're just bigger receivers. But, you know, they're good blockers too. So... That's good for us. So I think you'll see those guys out there quite a bit. All right, Bobby, Ring of Honor ceremonies are typically can't-miss moments in Baltimore, and that will certainly be the case when longtime Raven Marshall Yonda takes his rightful place and is forever immortalized inside M&T Bank Stadium later this season. Oh yeah, Sarah, get out your calendar for this one. Yonda is set to go into the team's ring on Sunday, December 4th, which is a home game against the Denver Broncos. All fans in attendance at the bank that day will take home a commemorative pin featuring Yonda's number 73. And more than anything else, it should be a great way to honor a true all-time Baltimore Raven. Oh, yeah. We're talking about an eight-time Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl-winning guard who spent all 13 of his NFL seasons in Baltimore. Yonda was the epitome of grit, toughness, consistency, and availability. Sarah, last time I checked, too, Yonda was down like 50-plus pounds from his playing weight days, so... We may legitimately not even recognize him come December, but regardless, it will be great to see number 73 walk out of that tunnel. Absolutely. And are there any other dates we should have circled this fall? Yeah, I'd say Sunday, October 23rd would be a good one. That's when Baltimore hosts the Cleveland Browns. They're also expecting to host over 50 players from their Super Bowl 47 roster that day. Of course, in honor of the 10-year anniversary of hoisting the franchise's second Lombardi trophy. So certainly we'll look forward to that. And before we jump, some other quick news items you need to know, beginning with John Harbaugh's locker room speech to his players after beating the Jets from Ravens Productions. Here we go. It was patient, it was disciplined, and most of all, it was hard to fought, all right? Second thing is, between the first week and the second week, Let's do everything we can do because there's a lot of things we can get better at, communication-wise and execution-wise, right? Let's have our best week of improvement. You guys, Captain Campbell? And elsewhere, the Denver Broncos made the mistake of thinking they had Justin Tucker at kicker. 
when they decided to attempt a 64-yard field goal to win the game against the Seattle Seahawks. And after the miss and loss, Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett said Tuesday that in retrospect, he wished he had allowed quarterback Russell Wilson to try to convert a fourth and five. Shannon Sharp and the Manning brothers, though, Bobby, didn't need retrospection to make that call. We got three timeouts. I might use one right here. Let's use one. Let's talk about this one. They're gonna try to draw. They can oh, try to draw here. them off sides. Might try to draw them off sides. E. You don't have that much time. Snap count. You well, you don't want to waste that much time. I don't think they look unsettled. Sutton doesn't know what he's doing. What the? So you just burned thirty seconds to call a timeout. A lot of time wasted right there to call a timeout, Pete. Yes. Because right? even now, if you even, if you get five yards, still got two timeouts. But you gotta you gotta get some yardage. They're gonna kick it. They're gonna kick it. Kick what? Are they kick? They're kicking right here. Kicking the field goal right here. Hold on. Oh, they're kicking Let me a see how far this 62 is. yarder, 63 yarder. What? And meanwhile, doctors determined Tuesday that Steelers pass rusher T.J. Watt does not need surgery on his torn pectoral, and he is now expected to miss about six weeks. That's according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Also, the Ravens are three and a half point favorites for Sunday's home opener against the Miami Dolphins according to Caesar Sports. And finally, we talked on yesterday's Vault episode about how good the defensive line played against the Jets. Film studies Ken McCusick put into perspective how many resources the Jets put into their new starting offensive line by investing $44.7 million in them. And the Ravens defensive line pushed around that nearly $50 million O-line without Travis Jones. Thanks for listening to the Morning Ravens Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged in to all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. We can also be reached by email via Baltimore Ravens Vault at gmail.com. And as of last week, the Ravens Vault podcast is now available on YouTube. Consider subscribing to our channel ahead of week two against the Dolphins. All you have to do is simply search Ravens Vault podcast on YouTube. And that's all the time we've got today, but we will be back on Thursday with the Ravens news that you need to know. So come on back and start your day with us here on the Ravens Vault. Ravens Vault.